0: In Jesus mighty name and Lord we thank you for that in Jesus name amen amen praise God if you guys have your Bibles let's go to Genesis chapter 18 Genesis chapter 18 good morning great to have you all this morning Genesis chapter eighteen. And I actually want to start at verse one, and uh, I said I was going to spend around probably two weeks, um, you know, preaching out of this passage. And um, I hope I, I think it's going to be two weeks. We'll see how we'll see how this morning goes. And uh, but I, I, you know, one of the things that. That I, that I want you to understand that even, even today, I, you know, I feel compelled to tell you, be encouraged in what the Lord is doing right now. Be, be encouraged in what the Lord is doing. I, I believe that God is going to begin to draw whole families to the church. Now I'm, I'm not talking just a husband or just a wife. He's going to begin to draw whole families to the house of God. Because, listen, you know, you, you know, people say, well, you know, you, all, you, you talk about how, the, how Jesus is going to return. You know, I, I, I feel like every preacher should say that. People should be on a, be, they should have an awareness that Jesus Christ could, could return at any given time. Amen? So it's important that we understand that. We understand the time and hour in which the church is operating in. So to, to me, to tell you today, I'm thankful that you're here. Praise God. God is good, and he's going to do wonderful things in your lives. And God is going to truly advance the church in this hour. And I believe that. We're going to continue to see the church advance. Praise God. Genesis chapter 18, verse 1. It says, Then the Lord appeared to him by the tereb trees, Mamre, and it was setting in the tent door, in the heat of, and he was sitting in the tent door at the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes, and he looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them. He bowed to the ground, and he said, My Lord, If I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourself under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread, that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by, insomuch as you have come to your servant. They said, do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal. Knead it. And make cakes. And Abraham ran to the head and tender and a good calf, gave it to a young man, and he had hastened it to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and a calf which he had prepared, and he set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Father, I pray that, Lord, even right now, I thank you, Father, that, God, that you're calling your church into a deeper, greater relationship with you. And, Father, I pray that let this not be an hour or a time that any family member, any person here is passed by in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, may we continue to advance in every area of our life. Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent for us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You know it's such an interesting passage. You know Genesis, you know eighteen, because you know what you get the true you you get the true picture that Jesus shows up, the Lord. You know it's not God, but it's it's a representation of Jesus Christ that's standing before Abraham. Actually, you know he's not standing yet, but Abraham does something very unique. You know Abraham's ninety nine years old. Anybody in here that old? Nope, nobody's in here that old. Anybody feel like they're 99 years old? So, now, so you're too young for that. So, but so so I, I I I want you to understand. He does something that's very unique. He from a distance sees the Lord. He sees the Lord, and he gets up. In the heat of the day, I would imagine when you talk about the heat of the day, it was probably around 3 or 4 o'clock, because that's when it's hot. Amen? You know, when at 4 o'clock, it's hot. If you're out weed eating and mowing, you know, it's better to do it in the morning time. It's better not to do it in the heat of the day, around 3 or 4 o'clock. Abraham gets up, and you know what he does? He runs. He runs to meet and greet the Lord. He recognizes the Lord. You know, last week, one of the things I talked about, about being in fellowship and friendship with the Lord, you've got to recognize when the Lord shows up. You've got to realize that there's a time and an hour in which the Lord will show up. And I believe that He's showing up and showing off in people's lives unlike unlike anything that we can imagine now. I mean, you know, who who in here has felt God press you on something even over the last week? Amen. Where where the the Holy Spirit has, has moved you around something or you had a God thought. See, that's that's what God's doing in this time. You know, the Bible says that in the last days that He will pour out His Spirit on all flesh. That's exactly what's happening right now. People are saying, what is this? What's this stirring in my spirit? It's it's God. It's the Holy Spirit. And I believe that's what the Bible says, that that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. And that's exactly, I mean, there's a God conscious. There's, There's things that are going on. God's bringing things to remembrance. I need to be in the house of the Lord. I need to go to church. I need to do this. I need to do that. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing. So please understand, even as I get into this word today, have your mind in a place where you're prepared, where where you can begin to hear the things God is speaking. You You know, hear this. He doesn't only just speak to a pastor or a prophet or a teacher or an evangelist. And see, you know, that's one of the things. He's speaking to the body of Christ. The body made up of many parts, the Bible says. That's what he's doing. He's speaking to the church in this hour about how to advance the kingdom of God. Amen? So please understand, it's not just that the Lord speaks to a pastor. He speaks to his church. He speaks to a people and says, look, this is what I want to do. Are you willing? Are you ready? Will you receive this assignment? Genesis 18, you know, Abraham... You know, he he says this, he said, Lord, if you have found favor in my sight, don't pass me by. If you have found favor in my sight. And You know, one of the things I want you to understand is that God brings us into a place where we have true communion and we have true fellowship and we have true relationship with him. But, you know, it's like I said last week, one of the things that I I see Abraham even here when he's in the presence of the Lord, you, you know, he's like, Lord, but if you found favor in my sight. You know, there's something in him that he's kind of like, am I good enough to be in the presence of God? Am, am I really good enough to be, you know, is my, you know, my sins are, am I good enough to be in the presence of God? And, you know, and this is what the Lord does. The Lord, you know, he, he's pleading with the Lord. And he said, you know, don't pass by. And the Lord makes a decision and he stays. Man, Wow. He stops and he stays. And you know, what I love about the story is, is, is it's just kind of the beginning because Abraham, who does he go to first? He goes to his helpmate. Honey, Jesus is here. You think you could make some cake? Could, could you go prepare a meal? He, he turns around and he runs to his wife. You know, I'm telling you, it's good to have a wife, praise God. Amen? You know, he runs, and he runs to his wife, and he says, Honey, you know, the Lord is here. Could you go and prepare a meal? Could you go and do this? You know, and I I want you to understand and get this picture. Abraham's 99 years old. He's not wasting time. He understands the importance in which the Lord is standing before him. He, He understands the nature that God is right here before him. And understand, it's not a time that we just, well, in five more years, I'll serve Jesus and ten more, you know, when I have everything figured out, that's when I'll serve God. I mean, we do we hear this? We we do hear this, right? I'm I'm I hear this as a pastor, pastor. You know, I got three more drug deals. I've had people tell me that. Yeah, I got. If I could sell this much more weed, I'm I'm square. (laughs) I'll be able to serve God once I sell this this weed. I'm I'm. It's not. I'm not exaggerating. And, you know, I, you know, I say, you know, hey, <laughs> you know, I, Pastor, I want to tithe off of my weed sales. <laughs> you know, these are things, you know, I was in Hawaii for seven years. So, Pastor, is that okay? No, it's not okay. You're breaking the law. You can go to jail. So, you, you know, <laughs> I, I come out of, this. I got to go back into this. So, Abraham, he hurried into the tent. And, he, you know, he told Sarah, he said, Sarah, make, make food, make, get, get, get everything prepared. And Jesus was in this place where he was, he, was, he, was, he was there for a purpose and he was there for a reason. And as you go down, and I want to just show you this real quick. Man, I, gotta, I don't know how quick I'll be able to get through this today. But let's drop down to actually verse 16 because I, you need to see this. You need to understand why the Lord was here, why the Lord was actually, why he had shown up. Verse sixteen, it says, "Then the men got up from their meal and they looked out towards Sodom. As they left, Abraham went with them and said, and, and, and sent them on their way. Should I hide my pra- plan from Abraham? This is the Lord talking. You know, it's not like he's you know he's he's you know it's like that. Comp- he's contemplating this in his mind. You know, should should I? Abraham's my friend. And see, this is one thing I want you to get because see that that's the thing about relationship with God." God doesn't want to keep things from His children. He doesn't want to keep things from His people. He doesn't want to keep the blessings. He doesn't want to keep, you know, even things that are, that, that are secret. He doesn't want to keep things from His people. And a lot of times, you know, we, Lord, just help me. You know, it's like, you know, we're waiting on the Lord for the Lord to show up. But the Lord's saying, you know what? You should move. Amen. That's what faith is. You should move. But the Lord is saying this. He said, should I hide my plan from Abraham, my friend? You you know, my my friend, because, you know, the Bible says that Abraham was a friend of God. Should I hide my plan from him? The Lord asked, for Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation. This is, look at what the Lord's saying over Abraham and over Abraham's life. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have singled him out. Man. I have singled him out. So that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do, man, I I tell you, just even to understand the picture of God's love and the nature of God's love. It says, then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. See, God, I'm telling you, you, when you begin to understand God's promises and what he says he will do for you. You know he he had the, the Abraham had a promise that he would be a blessed and mighty nation, that the stars of the skies would be like his descendants. You know we're heirs of Abraham. This promise some two thousand well not even two thousand I'm sorry four thousand years ago it was a promise given to Abraham, and we walk in that promise. That much further I mean, that, that much further out it, it, it's an amazing thing. Should I keep this from him? And you know, and this is what begins to happen. The Lord tells him Sodom and Gomorrah, I'm going to destroy. Why am I going to s- destroy this nation? Because of sin, because of, because of the, 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 the things that were taking place. He, he, the Bible says that he heard the cry of a city. And you know, so, so they're going to destroy. And Abraham begins to plead with the Lord Lord, if there are a 100, Lord, if there are 50, Lord if there 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 are 10. Lord if there are, if there's one. And I want you to understand that see that was that was the love that God had for Abraham. That he would set that God that Abraham could actually plead with the Lord. Lord, you know, no no no, please please don't do this. Please don't do this. And I want you to understand even I want you to get this picture today. That's the kind of relationship that Jesus Christ wants with you. That you know, understand that you can go to the Lord and plead your case. Oftentimes, we don't go to the Lord and plead our case because we're too shamed, we're too embarrassed, we're too too afraid. We're too afraid of, you know, is he going to hit me with a lightning rod? Is, Is something going to happen? But I want you to understand, that's the availability of Jesus Christ to everyone. That's what you have in him. That you can go to him and you can lay your concerns out and say, God, I need help in this area. Lord, I need to talk to you about this. You know, the other day, you know, someone asked, you know, about, you know, we're, we're living in the end times. Yeah, absolutely, we're living in the end times. You know, Pastor, how are you praying? I'm praying for more time. I'm, I'm praying for, why are you praying for more time? Because I want as many people to go to heaven as possible. You pray? Yeah, I pray that way. I pray for more time. I pray that God, that give us more time so that we can preach the gospel, so that we can get the, the, the message of Jesus Christ out. At 11 o'clock last night, I flipped on a, a documentary of Billy Graham. And, by the, I, and it was like an hour, and I needed to go to bed, but I couldn't even pull myself out of it. Because all I seen everywhere he was at was the seas of people that he was, he was leading to Jesus Christ. And by the end of it, my, my, I, was, I looked at Miranda at one point, point. I said, I feel the Holy Ghost. I was laying in my bed, just sitting there watching this on TV. I said, I feel the Holy Spirit. I, you know, I feel the Holy Spirit. He was evangelizing the world. And by the end of it, this documentary, I'm sitting there, I've got tears in my eyes, I'm crying. And I realize how important, how important getting the gospel is out to people right now. It's not me that I preach, it's Jesus Christ that we, that we preach, amen. But I want you to understand something, that when you get saved... When, when you come into salvation, there's something that God wants he, he wants with you and that's a connection. He wants to be in relationship with you. You know far, far too many times we, we bring people to the place of salvation. we tell them they get saved. But then, then the next piece is we've got to help people understand how to develop the relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know that you can talk to God like you talk to your wife? or you talk to your husband, that you can you, you can actually you know, I can't see him. You don't have to. You don't have to physically see him. You can feel him. You can feel the presence of God. It's the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that now dwells inside of you. That when you get saved, you feel the, 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 You can feel the presence of God. Amen. I'm, you know, some of you may see him. I, I. I've never seen him. I've heard him. I've heard you know, only a few times in my life. I've ever, ever heard. But but I have heard Him. But I have had the impressions on my spirit that I should do this or that I should do that, that I should turn away from this sinner or should that, that I should be directed to do that. That's one of the things that God does. Okay. You guys with me this morning? I'm going to give you a few things today because I'm probably not going to be able to get through all this and I'll do a third week on this, but... You know, one of the things I finished up last week and and I want you to I want you to understand that as we talk about friendship, when we talk about being in relationship with Jesus Christ, one of the things that you have to do is you you have to develop a consistency with God. You have to develop a time where you're consistent with the Lord because the Lord loves consistency. When you're not you think about it when you're not if you if, um, if if you exercise and if you're consistent for four or five weeks think about this if you're consistent you're you're eating good you're exercising you're running everything's really good you you feel good after about a month but take one week off and see what happens man you just don't feel you just I don't feel like running 5 more miles amen i got a track track runner in here so i i, I but but you know if you if you come away from it you, you feel sluggish. It's not easy to get back in the gym. I, you know, Lehow, Minister Lehigh and I were in the gym for four months hard. We hitting it hard. We, and then COVID, you know, uh, whatever. So then that hits. And, you know, and I realize even coming back away from this now, it's about being consistent. I have to be consistent. I have to have my, 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 my life has to be consistent. But I want you to understand that, that things with God have to be consistent. If you're not consistent with God, guess what? God's not going to be consistent with you. You know, a lot of times people, the only time they may call upon God is when they have a problem or something's going on. That's not consistency. And understand something. Abraham was a friend of God. We can be friends of God. You can be a friend of God and develop a time where you have that consistency with God. What does that look like? I want to say, you know, it's simple. I think sometimes that people think that, you know, you have to spend six hours in prayer. You have to, you know, if, you know, I remember Dr. Rodney at one point, you know, we were in a meeting with him. And he said, he said, you know, he said, when I first started in the ministry and, you know, p- powerful ministry, doing great things for the Lord. He said, you know, you read Smith Wigglesworth. Anybody ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth? He said, you know, I read his books. And he said, you know, he gets up every morning and he prays and he dances and he stomps his feet. He's, a, he's in an upstairs house and he praises God and he sings for the first hour, hour of the day. He said, so, you know, this is, i seen what Smith was doing. So, you know, what I did was I got up the next morning at 4.30, you know, <laughs> 4.30 in the morning. I stomped my feet and I prayed. And he said, I did it for about 10 minutes and I got tired. I got tired. You know, and it was like, you know, he said, I got up the next day and I did it. And he said, you know, I went 20 minutes and then I got tired again. I got tired again. And, you know, and one of the things he began to realize is that the the level that Smith, that, that, that he operated at was a consistent level for him. That's what, that's what was consistent for him. So Dr. Rodney said, I'm not Smith Wigglesworth. Because you know, people say, "Well, you you want to have this anointing, you got to do this, or you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to do, you got to do what God tells you to do." That's why communication with God is so important. You know that—that's why you know, you know. Please understand, having a consistent time with God is vitally important. Vitally important, but everybody's time may not look the same. Not to mistake this. Please understand, it's important that you pray. You should have a prayer life. You should have a time, a consistent time that you're getting with God. You're in the Word of God. You're doing a devotion. You're, you're getting something into your spirit. So you, it's, you should understand it's important that you have that consistency with God. And you know, it's just like your wife. I mean, I've been married 22 years. Praise God. But if I don't have a consistent time with my wife, how's my relationship going to be? Not very good. It, it, you know, if I only see her once a week... You know, how, how's, how's that going to work out? It's not, it's, it's not, you know, hear what I said, if I only see her once a week. See, you know, oftentimes we think that we only see God once a week or, 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 or the time in which we go to church is the only time that I commune with God or that I hear something from the Lord. Can I tell you, and understand this, that you can have relationship with God every day. And that's truly what he desires. He desires that from his people. It's not just that you think about church on a Sunday, or even a Wednesday, or for some in America, once, on, you know, once for Easter and once for Christmas. That's when I go to church. I'm telling you, God wants more of your time. Is that, is that okay? I mean, you understand, God, I'm the, I should say that, right? I'm the preacher. God wants more of your time, amen. And, it's, it, and I don't say this to be condemning, but relationship with God involves your consistency, You've got to begin to develop and spend time with the Lord. You know, there, there, you know it's, it's interesting. There are chemicals that are released in, in a person's brain. You know, dopamine. It, it's, it's a fascinating thing, and I don't even know why I'm talking about this right now, but like dopamine is released, is a chemical that's released in your brain when, when, there's, when there's connection. And it's like one of the things even like, I, I believe there's a bunch of dopamine addicts right now, because even like with social media and all the stuff like that, what it does, a lot of times people see that connection, even like on Facebook and, and social media and all that, in dopamine. It's, it's, a, it's a chemical in the brain, it's released. And that's what brings people to a high, that's what brings people to a low. I got to get my dopamine fixed, I got to see who's online. Oh, I got 12 likes. Yes, I got 12. I got 72, like, oh, I can't believe my cousin didn't like my post, you know, and the, and the dopamine drop, I mean, you know, so, but, but it's, that's the thing about relationships, even, even understand that, that's one of the things that, that, that these things are released in relationship, you know, I'm not, I don't want to get too far into that, but, it, you know, oxytocin, it's, it's like, it's the hug, hugging, hugging chem- chemical, is what, they, is what they call it, but it's like, oxytocin is actually released, when people bond and they spend time together. You know, if Moran and I hold hands or we hug, that's a chemical that's released. I mean, so it's, it's important that you understand. I mean, we're, God has created. He, think about what God's created. We're very unique. We're very unique that God's created, created husband. He's created wife. He's created us for, for so many things. But, but understand this. Even right now, understand this, please. Con- developing a consistency with God is critical. You have to have a consistent time with the Lord. You have to, you know, you know, Sundays are great. Please, please be here. Please be in the house of God. Grow your faith. You should be in the house of God. If people aren't telling you that, I want to tell you that today. You know, spend time with God. No, You know, I always tell people in the house of the Lord, you know, the Lord can give you something. He can deposit a word. You can leave here and say, what did the pastor even talk about today? I don't. He said something about dopamine and oxytocin. We don't even know what. The, but, you know, I did hear this. I heard that something around the areas of faith that, that, that God put into my spirit. And I, I, I'm going to run with that. Amen. So but see, God can do that. He can deposit something in your spirit today that you can be like, yeah, I, I got that. God wants me to be consistent. God wants this from me. And that's one of the things that the Lord does. He speaks to His church. He speaks to His people. <clears throat> you know, one of the things about being consistent, you know, we have, uh, we have Saul who became Paul. And in Acts chapter 9, you know, it, it, it's a profound story that Saul was on his way to Damascus. And he was hit by the Lord. The Lord shows up and he's blinded. You know, I I love this chapter because there's not many, you know, very many chapters in the Bible where somebody gets a name change. They get they get hit by the Holy Spirit. I mean, like hit hard, and then they get a complete name change. Isn't that something? Well, this is what happened to him. And you know, and I believe that you know, even in this, there's got to be times when when we're when we're being consistent with God, where we're willing. You know, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way, where we're willing to be touched by God in a profound way. The greatest times of my life can go back to a time where I was at an altar, where the Lord was showing me something, or I got hit by something, something that the Lord wanted me to see, something that the Lord wanted me to do. Oh, oh, okay, I get it, Lord. Maybe, you know, it took me a few times. I don't know if that's anybody in here. Did it take you a few times to get something, to develop that personal time, that consistency with the Lord? you know when I think about consistency I, I, I truly think about Paul's life I think about what it took to be consistent with God he wrote two thirds of the New Testament that's pretty much consistency wouldn't you say I, I think so he was, he, was, he was spending time with the Lord not just on weekends It was every day. He had such a he had such a God conscience every day. He uh, he got up. He thought about God. He thought about how he could, whatever he could do to advance the kingdom. Those were the things that he thought about. But you know, one of the things about being consistent with the Lord, there should be a time that we all can remember that God touched my life. I, that God, God moved me. He touched my life. You know, for me, it was my, you know, my testimony when I got saved. But it wasn't the only time that I got touched by God. I got touched by God in, in, in a variety of different ways. I still get touched by God. Amen. I got touched by God last night watching, watching TV. Do, do you understand how things work with God? That when you have a consistent lifestyle with God, it, you, don't, you never part from Him. And please understand what I'm saying today is that that's the kind of relationship. Am I perfect in it? No, I'm being perfected. I'm not, here, I'm not standing here to tell you that I'm perfect in it, but I'm being perfected. Amen. But there's a consistency that I can even watch a, a Billy Graham special on TV and God touch me. And see, that's what the Lord wants. But there's got to be a time where your life, you know, has been, you know, it's been marked by God. There could be, you know, multiple times. That your life's been marked by God. You know, you know where God spoke to me the most? Right where you're sitting. Right where you're sitting. Right where you're sitting is where God has revealed more to me. It's setting. It's why, it's why I always tell people, you know, because I know my, I'm not, you know, I can improve in my preaching. But I know that God can speak to people in pews. God can reveal truth to them. And you know, that's why, why I tell you, he wants to be in relationship with you. Man, I, 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 he truly, he desires to be in relationship with you. But I'm telling you, I've got more downloads sitting in pews. You know, then I, you know, then look, you know, you need to repent of this. <laughs> yeah, Lord, I do. You're right. Run to an altar. I need to repent. I think it was January when, when I, was, uh, I was in KC. It was in Maui. And the Holy Spirit fell. You, you guys know what this, Some of them have been in those services. And it was all I could do because it was on the front row. It was all I could do to walk from the front to the steps because the power of God was str- so strong. And then, you know, it's like Dr. Morocco come by and touch my head, and I don't even know where. I, I was somewhere. But, I, I, I you know, I think I flew Somewhere. I don't even know where I flew to, but, but it was like there was a point that I, it, it, my life was it, was, it was again being marked for God. To, 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 you know, <laughs> and I don't know if this is making any sense today, but listen, if there's one thing that I want you to hear, it's, it's that consistency, that when you're consistent with God, that's when those markings will come. I want to help you go from this place to another place. I want to see see the anointing increase on your life. Listen, the, the one thing about it is people, sometimes they get stuck. I hate seeing Christians that get stuck. I hate seeing people that stall out. You know, man, I just, I can't get past this. Man, I'm telling you, if you, if you develop that, that consistency with the Lord, you develop that time with the Lord, I'm telling you, that's where he'll come along. You know, it's like what, it's what Abraham said, don't pass me by. He recognized something. Don't pass me by, Lord. Don't pass me by. I want to have communication. I want to be able to talk with you. I want to be in relationship with you. Don't pass me by, Lord. And see, that's a desire and that's a hunger that we have to begin to cry out for. You have to begin to cry out for. That you have to develop a time that's consistent with God. Not, you know, please hear. I want you to be in church on Sundays and Wednesdays. I absolutely do. Sunday nights help, you know, I want you to be there. Not for me, for you. Not for it's not for my purpose. It's for your purpose. That's as real as I can be. I want people to be in the house of the Lord because the Lord's there. Amen. We have, a, we have the responsibility of ushering in the Lord, praying, fasting. We do that. We pray. Six days a week, we pray. Monday night, we have Monday night prayer meeting, it goes for two hours. It's a powerful time, the Lord. We pray. And that and that's that's the thing. I, I have to develop these times that are consistent with the Lord. You have to develop these times that are consistent with the Lord. Can I tell you this, even, even please understand? It it if it's always mattered. Understand, it's always mattered. But as, as time has, as keeps, keeps on pressing, man, this consistency, consistency with the Lord, it matters a lot right now. It matters a lot. You know, I, my desire is that everyone in here knows how to lead someone to the Lord, to tell someone about Jesus, how to get someone to heaven. You know, it, that, that's my desire as a pastor. It's our, it's our desires as leaders. I want people to prophesy in here, absolutely. I want people to walk in the gifts of the Spirit, absolutely. But I know what God wants. He wants everybody to go to heaven. <laughs> he, he wants everybody to go to heaven. That's His will. Consistency. Please hear me. You've got to develop a time where you're consistent with the Lord. Marked by a touch, you know, your life. Listen, God will touch you. I promise you, He will touch you. There'll be times that He will touch you. Reveal, he will, re, driving down the road, He'll reveal something to you. Sitting in a pew, He'll reveal something to you. Amen. That's what God does. God, you understand, God can do this. He's not just working with pastors, He's not just working with people up here, He's working with people out there. And I, and I promise you, I've heard more from the Lord sitting there than I have ever have up here. You know, 10 years, 12 years, I ignored the call. Miranda looked at me the other day. And she said, you know, you did tell me a long time ago that you felt the call to pastor. I said, I never said that. I, no way. And I think it was, I, I realized that, that, I realized now that I am pastoring, that now that I've said yes, I was like, what was I thinking about? You know what? I don't mean it in a negative sense. What was I thinking about back then that would have maybe made me say, "Well you know, maybe I could be a pastor. Maybe I could be a pastor. And somewhere along the line, I realized it was a seed. I enjoy being a pastor now. I, 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 I love the fact that God has called me. Amen. I don't complain about the calling. You're never um, I'm a pastor. No, no. Now praise God, I'm a pastor. Amen. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God called me. Amen. I'm thankful for that. I'm not going to stand up here and talk about how rough it is. You know, yeah, you wouldn't believe what happened this week. No. Who, how many people in here have had a rough week? No. That's not what the past... How many people in here encouraged in the Lord? Amen. Who needs to hear anybody else talk about how, how, how bad, bad of a week it's been? Not me. I don't. I would run out the door if somebody was standing up here saying that. I come in here depressed. He's more depressed than me. I'm leaving. So, you know what I mean? So, it's like it's good to be around people that you're going to be encouraged from. Amen? I seem to be all over the place today. Um, develop a consistent time with the Lord. Get that. Please get that. And we're going to do this second one. You know, One of the things about friendship with the Lord and being in in friendship with God, friends share things, right, that you should. It's it's good that friends should share things. Amen? You shouldn't shouldn't be that greedy friend that doesn't share things. Friends share things. And and if you can get this and you can begin to understand this, the the very nature of, of Christ's ability when he walked on earth, is now given to you. The variability that Christ had, He now gives to you. So, and it's a misconception that we get oftentimes because we we think that we have to wait on God for things. I'm just waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord to move me. Waiting, I'm still waiting. I know people that have been waiting 25 years. Waiting, I'm just waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. I mean, and and I think sometimes the thing of it is people are waiting on the audible voice of God, not the sensing or the or, or the or the deposit into their spirit. They're waiting on God. You need to drive your car right. You know, that's what people are waiting. They're waiting on the clear, precise, perfect opportunity from God. But the very nature of God is always his will. Understand this, his will is always to advance the kingdom. Is always to advance the kingdom. So, Christ's ability now becomes your ability. You, 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 you have to get it in your head that Christ does not want to keep anything from you. He, he doesn't want to keep, you know, he doesn't want to keep healing from you. He, do, he doesn't, you know, he, he, he wants you to walk in healing. Amen. He, he truly wants that for you. Can I tell you that Christ wants you to prosper? Jesus wants you to, 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 to advance. Even in your finances. Are you one of those? Yeah, I am because it's in the Bible. I am one of those p- preachers. You know, I am one of those preachers that believe God wants His family to prosper. Amen. If I wasn't prospering, I couldn't give things away. Amen. I couldn't do the things that God asked me to do if I wasn't prospering. I, I couldn't give a car away. I couldn't sow this. couldn't do that if I wasn't prospering. Amen. His ability. See, Christ wasn't poor. He became poor so that we could become rich. That's what the Bible says. He became poor so that we could become rich. Wow. That's a real revelation. That's what Christ became. He, he come down to that so that we could be rich. Wow. That's, it, it's, just, it's truly fascinating. What a friend. Think about it. What a friend. What a friend we have in Christ. Because I am talking about fellowship and Friendship. Actually, go to your Bibles, flip to Matthew 16 real quick. You know, I've heard people over the years, and I'm I'm not very religious, but I've heard people make comments, you know, well, one day when we get to heaven, you know, it'll be glorious. Absolutely, it will be. I can't imagine what heaven's going to be like. I mean, can you imagine? It's going to be grand. It's going to be great. Heaven is going to be great. But you know, one of the things that I want you to even understand today as a church, you, if you get this revelation, you, you don't have to wait to walk in the fullness and the richness and the glory of God in, in heaven. You can begin to do that here on earth. The Bible says that kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I want to show you this because this is, you know, this is Jesus talking to Peter and it's Matthew 16. And he says, and I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whether you whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Who's he talking to? He's talking to Peter. He's talking to an individual. And that's the that's the that's the nature of God. God is talking to his people. Whatever you allow on earth will be allowed in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Who has the, who has the, who has the power? We do. God, God is all powerful, right? But you know, one of the things, and get this, he has given Peter the keys. He has given the church the keys. He has given you the keys to be able to unlock these things. What's a key for? It, it, it's used to unlock a door, right? You know, but watch this. A key is also used to lock a door. We always want to talk about unlocked doors, right? Well, I don't want to go through this door. Praise Jesus. Unlocked that door. Got the key to that. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes you get keys to locked doors. Not every door is an open door. I've seen people get, I mean, we have over the, we have seen, well, God said, and you know, this and that. I never, if anybody ever comes to me and says, God says, I just, I'm not, it's not my place to, if God says, that overrules any thought I have. Because if somebody hears, if God says, "Oh, you got to do what God, absolutely, you got to do what the Lord tells you to do. Pastor Brad doesn't, you know, I, I don't, you know, we will counsel, we will help people, but I'm telling you, not every door that we get a key for should we open. Should we open? There's some doors we should leave locked. Amen. I say that from experience. Just because I had a good idea doesn't mean it's a, it's a door that I should walk through. Amen. So, being in relationship with Jesus Christ, that's why it's so important. That's why it's so important to hear, hey, here's a door. You should walk through this door. But understand something. God has <laughs> he has given you the keys. He has given you these things. And when we begin to understand God's nature, man, that's, that's where everything begins to shift. It, I, I'm telling you, it will truly shift. You know, it... I even think about Peter. You know, if if you read the book of Acts, you begin to see doors that are opened. And and, and even in Acts chapter 2, you know, on the day of Pentecost, about uh, 3,000 Jews were added to the kingdom of God. Peter was given a key to unlock it for the Jewish population. In Acts chapter 10, one of the things you see happen right after that, he, he went and he prayed for, a Samaritan, for, for the Samaritan woman. You know what? There was a key that he, he got that he used to unlock that the people from Samaria could hear the gospel. And then I think it was in Acts, what was it? Acts, Acts 10. He brings, the, he brings the, the gospel to a Roman centurion soldier who's going to take his own life, but he says, no, don't do it. There's a key that he's given to unlock, that he, that he now has, he has presented the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Jews, to the Samaritan, which is Middle Eastern, and now he's also given the, the, the gospel to the Gentiles, which is us. Man, there, there are keys that the Lord will give us, amen. There are keys that the Lord will give us. God is good, amen. He is good. He is good. I would say this to everybody here today. If you've never, if you've never really, you know, if you've never understood how to be in relationship with Jesus Christ, it starts with that that the development of, 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 of being consistent with Him. You know, d- c- carving off a time that you can spend with the Lord. Because it, it, if you'll do that, I'm telling you what God wants to do, God, God wants to be there for you. He, he truly wants to be there for every believer. And I and I and I promise you that if you develop that time with Him, and you begin to be consistent with Him, God will move. He will move on your behalf. He will move on your behalf, and I'm going to tell you this see that the enemy has lied to a lot of people. He's lying to a generation. I say, once you come to the keyboard, he's lying to a generation. And he's telling, he's telling these, these teenagers, that, you know, 10 through 20, 20 through 30, you don't need God. You don't need God. You, you know, you can have God when you're 50. You can have God when you're 60. You don't need God now. And, and, and you see this. You know, weekly. I have met with people weekly over the last three Weeks. I have prayed with a lot of people. And you know the one thing that, that 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 you know that I see is one of the things that 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 breaks my heart. Is that understanding of how, how people need to be consistent with God. It, you know understand because people think being consistent with God means being consistent with the pastor. It's yeah. I'm a vessel It's not not about being consistent with the pastor. It's not just even about being consistent with the church. See, the the church is vitally important. It's why I tell people. You know, I've I've had to tell people since we've been here over the last year. You know, they come in, they love your church, you're great, awesome. Then they leave. I, I don't ever get upset. I don't ever get upset when anybody leaves. But you know what I tell them? Go be consistent somewhere. Go somewhere and serve. You know, maybe maybe we're not your cup of tea. We do some, we do some fun stuff. We do some. We go to the streets and do ministry. People, because people come to me and say, hey, Pastor, I just don't know if that's that's my ministry. Okay, that that's fine. Doesn't mean I want you to leave. We don't do these things to convict people. It's it's just the Bible said go. <laughs> So anywhere we're at, we go. We've been on tour buses and vans. We've been in shopping malls. We've been on streets. We go. We go. But listen. And I go I keep going back to this because you know if you will take the time and develop your time with God. What, what does that look like? You know, and please, if you don't have a clue even out of this today, if you like, what, what does that look like? Please reach out to Pastor Moran and I. Because we want people to walk in the, the complete, full relationship that God has for them. You know, I, I can talk about relationship and consistency.